Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, I think that we all had a version of what the AFC East was going to be this season. And week one probably played out almost exactly like we thought it would. The Pats stink. The Dolphins don't stink, but they're probably not good. The Jets stink. And the Buffalo Bills look like they're one of the best teams in football. What we learned last week was that we're pretty smart at football. We kind of know what we're talking about. You, me, everybody. We just need to trust our gut instincts. What are the storylines for week two? Are the Buffalo Bills beatable? Do the Patriots really suck or will they bounce back? We're still on two a watch. Will he be the Miami Dolphins quarterback? Sean Payton thinks there could be a controversy this year. And the Jets stink. That's what we're looking at. That's what it is. That's the AFC East. You know, the NFL had the chance to do the right thing. I believe that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Unfortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC, it, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and, you know, say, well, you know, we don't want this Sean anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it. Yes, and we're back. Welcome to Ray Sports Rain. I'm Ray Rhodes, sitting in that director's chair of the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. Thanks, everybody, who's tuning in. Make sure that you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and never miss an episode of Ray Sports Rain. You can also find tons and tons of great sports content over at DeanBlundell.com. Follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. It's just a little bit of light sports trolling. My guest tonight is Mr. Kevin Gerard. You can find him on Twitter at Kevin Gerard13. He is a Twitter analyst, a Jordan player advocate, and a pretty knowledgeable guy when it comes to the AFC East. He's pretty fucking funny, too. He's going to be a regular here every Thursday, breaking down the state of the AFC East for me, with me, at least for the uh, remainder of the season. We'll talk about where that goes going forward, and uh, we might have some bigger news for Kevin next week as well. But we should bring him in here. We should get it started because it's showtime. Kevin, how are you? I'm good, my man. How are you? Ah, You know, living the dream. Living the dream. It's the AFC East. It's Thursday. 
we're as we're recording this we're about what i don't know 45 minutes away from thursday night football to find out if the kansas city chiefs are really as good as they looked last week and uh speaking of teams that looked really good as they looked last week let's start with your uh favorite team the buffalo bills or at least your favorite fan base the buffalo bills who i think uh to a lot of people at least in my eyes i was expecting a bills win over the rams i wasn't expecting the score line that I saw 31 to 10, that being the total. Uh, let me just start. What was your thoughts on the Bills game last Thursday? Just when you thought they couldn't get more insufferable, <laughs> they top it. Oh my God. Well, <clears throat> they crushed them. They look really good. It's gloom and doom in the rest of the division. <laughs> it's a question of by how many games do they win by now? Yeah, and I think that that was my takeaway, too. We all kind of knew that the AFC East, it was the battle of second and third. I watch uh, the Bundesliga. It's a German soccer league, and the joke there is it's the battle of second and third because Bayern Munich's just going to win it. They've won the league the last 10 years. They're probably going to win it again this year. And that's kind of what the AFC East has been. And it's really weird because we go through these you know, these long stretches of teams who just dominate the division for a long period of time. It was the Patriots for, you know, 16, 17, 18 years. And now it seems like the Buffalo Bills are going on their run. Uh, it won't go as long as the Patriots. We'll never see what Tom Brady and Bill Belichick did. Uh, but was it surprising? Were you surprised how much they kind of manhandled the Rams? Were you disappointed in the Rams? Or was it more telling about who the Buffalo Bills are? All of the above. Um <laughs> I was definitely disappointed in the Rams. Good Lord. It was like the Tinder date I had where I got catfished. I thought they were going to be good. I showed up and they were a pathetic imposter. <laughs> so, but the, yeah, I was a little surprised the Bills crushed them um, that badly. Like it wasn't the, it was worse than the score indicated. And the score wasn't that great. Like they could have been up for, they could have had four touchdowns in halftime. They didn't punt. I don't think again. They haven't punted in three, two and a half games or something. Rams looked rusty. Stafford looked poor. Is Allen Robinson there? He looks like a superhero if the superhero was the invisible man. I don't know what he was doing out there. They threw him one fade in the end zone, but uh, either way, it looks, yeah, they were, they looked better than I thought they were going to do. I had a lot of old age jokes for Vaughn Miller, and then he went out and dominated. It was, it's bad. I just we just have to sit here quietly. I said last week that Tom Brady and Von Miller are proof that senior citizens can do anything they want if they put their mind to it. Don't don't count them out just because they're old. Yeah, it was a <laughs> it was a beatdown. Like it was, it was yeah. I mean, it's I know they lost Andrew Whitworth, the Rams left tackle, and they had no boom uh, starting there instead, which is a big downgrade. But still, it was it was. As a Dolphins fan, it was difficult to watch. It's like cold water on the rest of your season. So let's go on to another team. We want to talk about cold water onto a season. Let's talk about the New York Jets. Uh, the gang green were very optimistic heading into this season. And then Zach Wilson goes down. You come on last week's edition of the, what I'm now calling the state of the AFC East. And you're like, Hey man, I think the jets are better off starting off with Joe Flacco. Get this team together. They're probably gonna be okay. It's the revenge game. The Ravens, Joe Flacco has 307 yards, one touchdown, one interception, three sacks rushed one time for zero yards. Good for you, buddy. Um, Forgot to say, he threw it 59 times yeah. and went 37 for 59. The Jets get crushed. 
get crushed by the Ravens 24 to nine. Here was the part that really got me. It's 24 to nine in a game that Lamar Jackson goes 17 for 30 for 213 yards. I think they had less than a hundred yard rushing altogether for, for Baltimore. I'm just going to pull up the stats here. Baltimore's total yards, 63 rushing yards. I mean, it wasn't a great Baltimore Ravens performance, at least offensively, yet the game still finishes 24 to nine. Do the Jets stink? I was ready to say yes, and I put on the uh, I put the game on. It was really close at halftime. Um, very impressed, as much as I hate to say it, because I, I I can't stand them. But I'm very impressed with Sauce Gardner. Um, they weren't even throwing at him, to be honest. They did have tried one or two times, and they were even moving him around and locking up uh, Mark Andrews with them. Uh, um, they have some pieces. I saw Johnson, their rookie DE, get in for a sack. But the Jets' problem is the uh, offensive line. Their tackles stink. So Becton got hurt. They signed Dwayne Brown. He got hurt. George Fant got beat down by the ghost of 2007 and Justin Houston. Um, it was it was pretty bad. Like Flacco had no time. Not to say that he was playing really well, but he had no time. So other than that, though. Uh, Hall had a couple of decent plays. To me, it's clear by so far, I mean, it's one game in, but it's clear that Michael Carter is the better running back um, than Brees Hall. At least he can make more out of nothing. Um, Garrett Wilson caught a short pass, made three guys miss. Um, So I think they can get better as the season moves on. Um, This was a closer game than the score would indicate. The Baltimore, uh, like offensively, they really struggle, but defensively, they really did a good job. I thought against uh, against Baltimore. So let's talk a little bit about Zach Wilson, who obviously didn't play the game. He's out, I think, the first four weeks of the season at least, uh, and they'll be going forward with Flacco. Here's some uh, stats that really got to me: two for fourteen on third down, where, where the New York Jets had to go for it on fourth down four times, went three for four there. They actually had more total yards; they had three hundred seventy-eight total yards compared to Baltimore's. 274, but they threw an interception. They lost a fumble, sacked a couple of times, but the two for 14 on third down, where does Zach Wilson make a difference in, in that stat category? Because that's, I think the difference between losing 24 to nine and maybe the game being closer or possibly winning the game. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm really in the camp that he's a bum. Um, I need to see something like he was horrific, like all year. Uh, for the last like two years, like Tua just gets just piled up on for being a bum, and he's not great. But Wilson was like definitively worse. But we'll see. Like he's got some tools. Like he's got a good arm, and he's you know he looks like basically like a young uh, Jay Cutler out there. But um, I don't know, man. Like maybe he puts it together. Um, he's got he's capable of it, I guess. But from what I've seen, I don't know how much he helps. Like. That offensive line is going to get him killed. At least Flacco knows where to check down quickly um, and where how to get rid of the ball quickly. This is another just kind of reinforces why I think it's better for Wilson to let this O-line try and get some sort of stability because I think with the pressure that uh, they were putting on, Baltimore was putting on, that he would have uh, it would have gone just as poorly. Was that indicative of how bad the offensive line was or how good the pass rush is for Baltimore, a balance, or was it the offensive line that was the problem? I don't know, man. Like, like he was like, literally, I made a bit of a joke, but like, seriously, it was like 2016 out here. Like, 
He was getting pressured by Justin Houston. He was getting pressured by Calais Campbell. No disrespect. I'm a big Miami U fan. I saw Quan Alexander for the Jets running around. I thought the guy was playing a five-year-old Madden game. Um, but it was uh, – I, I think the, the Ravens um, – <clears throat> I will say their defensive scheme – you know, it, they lost Mar, Mar, what's his name, Winkdale there, Marty Winkdale or whatever his name is there. They were a defensive coordinator, and, and they had the, uh, the young guy come up, and it was first game. It did look very similar. Obviously, a lot better having that safety duo back there, Marcus Williams from the Saints, had a huge game. And uh, <clears throat> they have three good safeties there. With, if you count the rookie from Notre Dame, Eric Williams, or Kyle Hamilton, sorry. And then, uh, so I, I think they look good. Because I, I obviously I was watching that closely because that's who Miami has this week, and you know we want to see how the Jets were doing. I okay. think that, that game was closer than the score. All right, I don't think there was any other AFC East matchups last week, so we can just move on to uh, to this well, week. In the bottom left hand corner, I see our names. I is the choice of background color is that an homage to that game? Because I see a lot of teal. <laughs> so your Miami Dolphins hosted my New England Patriots. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought Miami was going to win the game leading up to that, and then sometime between 10 o'clock Sunday morning and and kickoff, I was on Twitter and the Pats fans got me hyped up, and I went against all my better judgment and took the Pats to win. <clears throat> And I switched over to red zone by halftime because yeah. I just, I, it didn't matter what the score was. I think it was 14, nothing or 14, three at that time. I just, no, it was 14, nothing. I just knew there was no point of watching anymore. Um, let, let's start with Mac Jones, shall we? Mm-hmm. Terrible. Bad game or bad omen. That, and I think that's a question that a lot of Patriot fans have been asking themselves this week. Was that a, just a bad game for the kid or was that a bad omen for, what we can expect uh, over this season and, and maybe moving forward. He might've been a bit rattled because <clears throat> um, Miami kind of did the opposite of what maybe he was expecting. So Jones did have some success against Miami uh, the first two games last year or the two games last year, because he's pretty good. Um, he's a thinker, right? So that's his thing. He's, he's not overly impressive physically, but he's, he's mind. So Miami blitzes a lot and he usually, and he's pretty quick at figuring out where to go with the ball. Um, they were showing a lot of blitz uh, looks and then they were pulling out into some zone coverage. And I think he was making him hold the ball a little bit longer and flustering him a little bit. So I wouldn't read too much into it. I think he just, I think he just got baffled a bit there. But I mean, some of those, like he was, couldn't even hit checkdowns at one point, throwing them over. Neither quarterback was very impressive. So now, do you uh, think the checkdowns could have been because it, to me, it looked like he hurt his back in the first quarter when he got blindside hit, when he got hit that blindside hit. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's where it came from. But what I'm more curious about when we talk about Mac Jones, so you've got Xavier Howard, one of the, 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 the best cover men in the game. And Mac continuously kept trying to force the ball in that direction. Um, what was your thought? I know, you know, I know as a Dolphins fan, you probably thought keep doing it, but what, what was your thoughts as he continued to, to attack the side of the field that he probably should have avoided? Yeah, that was really, really dumb. Like the other thing too, is it's, it's not, he, he was going to Devontae Parker. I understand that he's, I guess he got some chemistry with Parker in the off season, but if there's literally one guy, Xavier Howard's going to know how to defend it's Devontae Parker because he defended him every day in practice for like six, seven years. So like, like he was just, it was a really poor decision. Like 
I don't understand why you probably have more insight than I do why Kendrick Bourne wasn't playing. I think he played like two snaps. So and from what we hear, <laughs> from everything we've deduced and put together, he didn't have a great camp. He was like four minutes late to a preseason game, ended up in the doghouse, and was punished week one. Ugh, okay. So, yeah, that's poor because he's he was fast. And with Miami hurting at the other corner position with Byron Jones out uh, starting the season on the pup, the fact that you continually tried to force the balls into Howard um, was bad. And Howard was traveling. They did try and flip uh, Parker to the other side, and he followed him. But basically, you've got Nick Needham, whose 40-yard dash is timed with a sundial, and you you were like, let's go after the all-pro. And then you have your fast guy in Bourne um, sitting on the sideline. Now, Jones did hit a nice deep ball at the end. Um, to Bourne. Yeah, to Bourne. And, and then I was, one like, yeah, I was like, where is this guy? Where has he been all game? Um, so it was a nice throw. So I don't know if the back injury is a, a factor because he, he, he looked kind of effortless and it was right on target. It was, it was an, it was a very nice throw. So, um, I don't know, but so, yeah, I didn't like that. I'm going to put this question to you here as, as an outsider looking in because yeah, okay. Kendrick Bourne gets benched, but you still could have targeted Nelson Aguilar on the other side. Who's got a little bit of speed to him as well, but mm -hmm. you kept going. Could this be one of the clear indications of where the Patriots are going to struggle by not having a true offensive coordinator, not having a true quarterback coach, like not having a true, you've got this, the former, I understand the former head coaches, but you've got the former special teams coordinator and the former defensive coordinator tag teaming the offense. And is this one of those, those points where it's like, this is where you miss a Josh McDaniels. Who's going to sit down with you and say, Hey, stupid attack the other side of the field. Oh, absolutely. And I think when you have too much, too many people with input, it, it, it hurts. I think that it's not, you're not benefiting from the minds of, you know, Belichick and these two uh, co-coordinators. You're literally, because I went through this last year with Miami. You, you need someone with one vision, with one cohesive plan. Otherwise, you're literally taking bits from this guy and bits from this guy and you're melt cramming it together and trying to get it to work. You need one guy, one voice, one play caller, and one person putting together the game plan. So if the other guys want to contribute here and there, that's one thing. But someone needs the final authority over uh, how the offense is going to flow. And I don't know who that is right now, but this this team meeting is there. This team committee approach is not not working. No, and I totally agree. And then I, I don't know if anybody noticed or if you noticed every time they would cut to the camera, Brian Hoyer would be a part of those conversations as well. And I'm convinced that Brian Hoyer is the actual quarterback coach of the team and that Bill Belichick is doing him a solid because you make more money with shoulder pads on than you make in a coach's polo. And... I think it has something to do. I was reading something that has something to do with his pension and there's a whole bunch of things. And and I really, I have been predicting for the last three years that Brian Hoyer, when he retires, will just get rid of the uniform and put on a polo and become a quarterback coach for the Patriots. And to me, the way he was talking to Mac yesterday after, or on last Sunday, after every series, I was like, dude, that's like the quarterback coach sitting down mm -hmm. and having that discussion. So I think you've got a, a player coach and two a special teams coordinator, a defensive coordinator trying to run an offense with, with a defensive head coach. It looked like you had, and this is pure speculation, so it looked like you had one guy calling the plays, one guy doing personnel groupings, and uh, the backup quarterback 
being the guy that's going over what with uh, Mac Jones what he sees, and then Belichick interrupting whenever you know he sees fit. So let's flip over to the other side. Let's talk about that deal. Uh, I had a good laugh. I knew it was nothing, but I had a good laugh that to his first shot of the game was a complete miss to a wide open Tyreek Hill downfield. We under the context behind it is clear. He was under duress. He was on, he was just trying to get rid of the football. Tyreek Hill happened to be in the general area, but as a Dolphins fan, how did it feel just watching that ball fall 10 yards short of Ty, uh, of, of Hill? Oh, it's the infamous throw because the the Dolphins Twitter has scoured the uh, the market for footage of all there's like 17,000 angles that they've somehow cobbled together with handheld mobile phones and they can clearly show that Matt Judon, Judon tips the ball and that's why it's such an unbelievably poor throw at least according to the two apologists but uh it, I thought I was watching old JFK footage you could see the ball <laughs> going back and to the left you know I was like yeah, it was pretty bad. Like Tua, um, he's so like frustrating because he'll have some plays where he looks, hey, he looks pretty good. That was a good play, you know. Uh, the touchdown to Waddle at the end of the half on fourth and seven was like a perfectly thrown ball. And then he just has these plays where you're just like, what are you doing? It's unbelievable. He'll play like it, like a you know, a solid 6.5 to 7.5 out of 10. And then he has at least two or three plays a game where you're baffled that this guy's even in the NFL. I don't, I don't get it. So Tua goes 23 for 33, 270 yards, a touchdown, uh, two rushes sacked three times, no interceptions though. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is, which, which is good. It, It goes to the accuracy. Uh, what did you think? Did you hear his, I think it came out today, his talking to the press today when he was talking about how he's not a big guy and if you can't see him, he can't see you. And if he, you can't see him, then he's not going to get you the football. Did you hear that today? Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like it just, it left a hollow feeling in my stomach. I just clicked next on the video. You know what I mean? Halfway through. <laughs> I understand what he's saying. You know, he's a, he's a weird dude. Like by all accounts, he's like super nice, but he's just odd. You know, I get what he's saying. Like if you, if he doesn't have a clear lane to throw, then you're not going to get the ball. And obviously line of sight like matters. So if he can't see you, you can't see him. You're not getting the ball, but just no one says it like that. It's just so strange. It just reminded me of like, well, if I can't see them, they can't see me, you know? (laughs) All right, let's move on to this week. Uh, I'm just going to go through it as it pops up on my phone. Uh, this week you got the Patriots traveling to, I don't think it's called Heinz Field anymore, right? They've changed the sponsor. Yeah, it's something weird now, yeah. They're traveling to Pittsburgh. I'm going to call it Heinz Field. It's always going to be Heinz Field to me. Traveling to Heinz Field, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, taking on Mitch Trubisky, no TJ Watt. Shockingly, I was actually shocked when I saw this week, the Patriots are two and a half point favorites in this game. I guess they're looking at two big, bad defenses. I will give the Patriots defense some credit. They had a good game. Judah on a sack and three quarterback hits. Uh, Kyle Duggar was a maniac in that game on Sunday. Um, Very proud of him. So that defense is is, is doing things. I was shocked to see the Patriots, the favorites in Pittsburgh. I know maybe it's because Najee Harris is questionable. We know TJ Watt is out. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe, maybe Maybe the love isn't there for Mitch Trubisky. I would have made the Steelers, if I was handicapping it myself, I probably would have made the Pittsburgh Steelers a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you like in that game? Do you like the Patriots or do you like the Steelers? It's tough. Patriots have a good shot because I watched that Steelers game. They were terrible. I know they won, but they needed, like, overtime 
they basically won the other team turned the ball over five times and their long snapper got hurt. So they missed two, two like pretty gimme kicks for that kicker um, because the snap was terrible and they barely won. Um, Trubisky was awful. Um, so I don't know if I'm looking at the Patriots. I said this going in uh, to the Miami game and it, it, I think it was pretty clear that I was correct. Their, their Achilles heel is the, the corners. They're terrible. But I don't think that, well, Jones is pretty good, but the other guys are just brutal. I think that, uh, I don't think Money Mitch can take advantage. I think if Mac Jones cannot turn the ball over, uh, they have a good shot of winning. I, I I would have put Pittsburgh at like two and a half point favorites because home field advantage. But uh, I think that's a pick game. I would stay away from betting that game. All right, fair enough. Uh, the next game is the New York Jets traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. The Browns get a win last week on a whatever that was, a 60-yard field goal at the end of the game. There is no team that I am cheering against harder than the Cleveland Browns, so I will actually be a New York Jets fan this week, and I never say that out loud, but I hate the Browns that much. That being said, Cleveland, with Jacoby Bursett, who I actually like. I like Jacoby Bursett, six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I love that clip of him saying, well, I'm, I'm not Deshaun Watson. We knew what he, he was taught. It was out of context, but I'll always take yeah. that. Um, former Patriot, six and a half point favorite for Cleve in Cleveland. Uh, again, I think the Jets stink. You think a little higher than I do. Uh, how do, how do you like that game? Are you taking six and a half on the Browns? Are you going to lay six and a half for the Browns? Are you taking the Jets on the points? And what are you taking straight up? Hmm. I know. I feel you on that, uh, Cleveland thing. Cause it's tough because you want them to lose. Or would it be funnier if they won a bunch of games and then lost when Watson came back? But um, they have a bunch of players I really like watching on that team. Like, I love Nick Chubb. But I think uh, I'm going to take the Jets and the points. I think Cleveland wins, but I think the Jets cover. All right. Uh, and then the game you're going to have your eye on, of course, the 1 o'clock, is the Miami Dolphins against those Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The game is in Maryland. Uh, I think that's a fair point spread because as much as Baltimore beat up on the Jets last week, there was a lot. I'm, I'm going to go back for a second, if I can, to that week one game between Baltimore and the Jets. Because I just want I want to share a couple of stats with you because the stats don't tell the story of the score, right? Like Baltimore was five for 13 on third downs. They only rushed for 63 yards. They had 211 passing yards. Lamar threw an interception. They had a fumble. They didn't lose it. The Jets had possession them 32 minutes to 27 minutes. Like there was just a lot of things I didn't like about Baltimore last week. And to me, it was just, they were just playing the Jets and that's how they came up with the win. I'm going to be honest. There was a lot of things I didn't like about the Dolphins last week either when they beat the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and a lot of that came offensively. Uh, defensively, you guys are, are, are the, the Dolphins are animals. And I mean, the Patriots were putting probably a couple of the best running backs in the leagues in good positions early. And uh, I was what I impressed me the most was how quickly Miami adapted to that Patriots run game and just just made it worthless. I mean, you were they were going from giving up seven and a half yards per carry to stopping them behind the line of scrimmage. I thought it was the adjustments were phenomenal. Uh, you got Baltimore three and a half point favorites. Do you like your boys going in against Baltimore in Maryland? I think Baltimore, I think Baltimore wins this one. I believe Ronnie Stanley's back at left tackle and JK Dobbins is back for them at running back. Um, And 
watching Kenyon Drake struggle back there and watching Juwan James uh, play about, I don't know, he played maybe the second quarter and then he tore his Achilles. So they had their third string left tackle in there too. So, um, and Ronnie Stanley's one of the best in the game, top five tackle. So I think having him back and having J.K. Dobbins back will give him enough of an edge where Miami, they can run the ball without having to rely on uh, on Lamar. So I, I think uh, I'm going to take Baltimore. So I'm going to ask you one question before we get into the final game, which is, of course, the Buffalo Bills uh, hosting the Tennessee Titans. And here's the question for you. There's a lot of conversation about Lamar Jackson's contract right now mm-hmm. and a lot of conversation about the possibility of him being the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How how would you feel about Lamar going to Miami on a big deal? Because you know it's going to be a big deal. How do you yeah, feel about him going to Miami on a big deal? Would not like it. Um, not because I'm partial to Tua. Uh, he's just not who I would pick. I don't like this weird weight he's come in at. I don't know if you've seen. He's put on 30 pounds. There's a nice photo of him exiting McDonald's with what looks to be an impressive gut. Um, he can still move, but like, but uh, I don't need uh, a limited quarterback to be replaced with a limited quarterback. All right. The final game we're going to look at, of course, is the first Monday night game. There's a doubleheader. The second game will be Minnesota at Philly. I think that's going to be a great game. Two teams, yeah. I think, are going to be fighting for playoff spots this year. And two teams, both two teams, I have picked to win their their divisions. So, um, and believe it or not, I got the Packers coming third because I have Detroit coming second in that division. I have a lot of faith in Detroit this year. I just think that they lost to a better Philly team last week. However, the game that uh, the AFC East is worried about is the Tennessee Titans at Buffalo. Buffalo, nine and a half point favorites. It just changed to 10 as we were speaking. So it's now an even 10. I'm going to tell you, dude, I'm not laying 10 points to Buffalo against Tennessee, except for, I think, one of a game we had Mario from hashtag sports on last night. Like every game has been within three to four points. They play each other tight. Mike Vrabel knows how to play against Josh Allen. I'm taking the bills to win, but I think it's going to be less than a touchdown. I think it's a blowout. I think, uh, so the last game was a close one and the game before that, um, a couple, two years in a row, they've actually been blowouts. There was a couple of years ago, they won 42 to 17 and it was the COVID year. And that's so every Bills fan loves to use that. There was COVID, you know, like, so that was there. They moved the game a day. And I was like, okay, well, (laughs) they moved the game for the Titans too. But uh, that was like 42-17. And then two years ago, it was another beatdown. So, or a couple of years. So I think the Bills have lost, I believe, three in a row to the Titans. And they're pissed. And the Titans looked poor last week. So they don't know what to do without A.J. Brown. That was like, terrible decision to trade him away and uh that offensive line that was you know i mean for all of henry's accolades and he deserves them they they had a very good offensive line for years and it does not they have two guys on there that that couldn't start on the miami dolphins which is saying something so (laughs) i think uh i think it's going to be a pounding i think they win by a minimum of 17 points really yeah the buffalo bills 37 oh. to 10, something like that. Do you know how long we're going to have to hear about that? Oh, it's it's going to be – I've already resigned myself to the fact this is going to be a miserable year. I just hope Miami can squeak into a wild card so at least I'll have a bit of silent joy. But uh, these guys, oh, my God. I uh, So I had 
Mario again from hashtag sports last night. He's actually a solid, solid Buffalo Bills fan, very objective things and not a real big shit talker. But I said, you know, even they were on their, their post game last week and I always call them the yeah, but guys, right? Like people come in and they're like, oh, the bills are going to be so good. They're like, yeah, but like, it's always like, yeah, but, and even them. So his partner, Paul goes, oh, I look at this schedule and I don't see a team that can beat Buffalo. And I said, see, I said, I've been very gracious to Buffalo over the last couple of seasons with some of their, their, their short fallings, the AFC championship loss to the chiefs, the divisional round of the chiefs, you know, like I've been very like, okay, you know what? Like tough losses. You guys are really good. I said, um, the way that the bills are talking right now and the bills mafia is going, I said, you guys better win the fucking super bowl because I'm going to be relentless when you get knocked out of the playoffs. Like you're going to, you're going to hate me. I said, because I'm just done. And I think what, what, what's getting me is the only time that, you know, we didn't see Patriots fans talk smack to Dolphins fans because no matter how bad the Dolphins were or how good the Patriots were, that was always going to be a split series, mm-hmm. right? Like it was just, it's what it was. The, 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 the curse of going to Miami, it didn't matter what happened. So we hated playing Miami. We hated when the Patriots played Miami. So we cared about those games. We never talked smack to Bills fans because we we didn't punch down. You know, and I tell them that all the time. I go, like, you guys are the best team in the league, and you're so worried about the Patriots. Like, the Patriots suck. Get out, like, punch up. Go after the Chiefs who have knocked you out of the playoffs the last two years. Like, that's who you should be shit talking. That's who you should hate. Because the Patriots are nobodies now. Like, and the fact that you guys still punch down shows me that your fan base does not know how to handle how to win. Like, you have no idea how to win. Like, punch up. Stop punch. We did not give a shit about the AFC East for years. We cared about Peyton Manning. We cared about Ben Roethlisberger. We cared about Joe Flacco for a couple years. Like, when Philly beat the Patriots in the playoffs, oh, my God, they became enemy number one. I hate Giants fans. You know, like, it was – Bills fans got to learn to stop punching down. Like, punch up. Like, get your mind away from the New England Patriots or the Dolphins because, like, we're nobodies. Our teams are nobodies compared to you. Like, it's – what satisfaction are you getting right now? Oh, they love it. They're like 14-year-old bullies from Cobra Kai. (laughs) It's so bad. Like, oh, they drive me up the wall. I mean, I love them, but at the same time, like, yeah. Oh, I love them, but the the I'm going to be relentless. I'm telling you right now. And you've seen me troll on Twitter. Like, I'm just yeah. – I can be relentless, and I'm going to be my ultimate relentlessness if they get – they better win the Super Bowl this year, and or I'm not going to shut up. All right, dude, we got to get out of here. Tell the people where they can find you and what you're doing, and I guess that it, uh, hopefully next week we'll have some exciting news about you. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, you can find me at KevinGerard13 on Twitter. Um, I'm usually engaged with Bills fans. Um, usually if anytime anything happens, if Tua slips in the shower, I get at mentioned 60 times by Bills fans showing me the video footage. So they're always gracious. No one covers the Dolphins like the Buffalo Bills. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. That's that's where I like to hang out on the sports world. But yeah, anyone follow me, reach out. I'm always up to chat. And uh Let's just do one little little application here. Interception last week. Um, I think that that restructure, adding incentives, was just like a little bit of a slap in the face. That that wasn't a goodwill, as far as I'm concerned. Pay uh, Jordan Poyer. 
Yeah, uh, the incentives were uh, not, they're not, they weren't able to be reached pretty much. They're very out of reach. It has to like, everything has to go well to do that. It was almost like a media play by the Bills to show like, hey, look how great we are. But at the same time, I don't think it does much for Jordan. So I, yeah, yeah get this guy a contract. Yeah, and his wife will say the same. Dude, I appreciate you as always, man. I'll see you next week. Sounds good. That was Kevin. All right, that's all she wrote for today's show. Make sure that you check it out on YouTube every day. On Twitter, on the Dean Blundell Twitter account at DBlundellNet. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DBN underscore Ray. Make sure you follow my man, Kevin Gerard at Kevin Gerard 13 Hit that like button, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Hey, if you don't have time to watch the show, get the podcast. You can get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and DeanBlundell.com. Uh, if you have questions you'd like to answer, send it to me on Twitter and no, that's really all I have to say. Thanks for tuning in to Ray Sports Rant, and never forget, you're all legit, kid. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.